Hello there, and welcome to the With Podcast. My name is Brent, and I'm the pastor of the local church, and this is something new that we're doing in this season of pandemic and physical distancing. And we hope it's a way to stay connected with God and with one another. With is, after all, one of our core values at the local church. To be made in the image of God means that we are hardwired for connection. It means that we are most at home, most fully living into that image when we are with. And so in each episode, I'm talking with people who make our community what it is. Whether that is our local church community or our geographical community or our broader podcast listening community, which includes you. And the hope is that you'll meet someone you may not have known before, or maybe you'll get to know someone you do know a little bit better. Learn a part of their story, hear what makes them tick, and discover how they're living and moving in this strange new world that we find ourselves in. We hope the With Podcast is a way of being together, of letting us dig into the lives and stories of real people, and remind us all along the way that we are not alone. In this episode, I have a conversation with Zachary Horner. Zach is a reporter with the Chatham News and Record, someone with his finger on the pulse of what's happening in the place that the local church is, well, local. I wanted to hear a little bit of his story, learn how he got into reporting, and I also hoped that he'd share a little bit about how our Chatham County community is responding to and living with this crisis. So here's my conversation with Zachary Horner. So, um, Zach, it's great to have you on the program here. Thanks for taking some time to uh, to talk with me and uh, with this community that you uh, have become rooted in as a part of the local church. I think um, my first question for you is, how long have you been reporting for the Chatham News and Record? How long have uh, have you been a part of this Chatham County community? Definitely. Well, first of all, you know, thanks for for letting me chat. It's it's not often that reporters get interviewed. Um, it's in cases like this, so it's a a little foreign to me. But um, so to answer your question, uh, I started working for the News and Record in December 2018. So coming up, I guess close to a year and a half. Um, I guess it'll be a year and a half in June. Um, so yeah, I, I'm from Lee County, which is south of Chatham, um, just south. And so I've been a around Chatham for many years since I was born um, to college in Alamance County, which also borders Chatham, um, but never really spent much time in Chatham until, um, like I said, about a year and a half ago. Um, so that's kind of where, uh, how I got involved in Chatham and, uh, and ended up at the local church. How did you become a reporter? What was that journey like for you? Yeah, so I kind of got into it honestly. Um, my great grandfather started the the Sanford Herald, which is the newspaper in Sanford, uh, back in 1930, I believe. And he was the so publisher. it's a family business, definitely, hundred percent. <laughs> he was the publisher, and then my grandfather was the publisher. And for those of you who don't know, the publisher is like the main head person. Um, so, and so my great grandfather, grandfather, and father were all publishers of the Sanford Herald, and my dad left the Herald in June, 2016. Um, and then he and a couple other guys bought the news and record in October, 2018. Um, so I've been around newspapers my whole life. Um, and I thought for a while that was what I was going to get into. And then I almost broke away and I was going to go to college and be a screenwriter. Um, I wanted to write movies. Um, and so that's what I actually went to college for at first. Um, but pretty quickly, um, into that, 
was like, no, I, I got to be in journalism. Um, was going to be sports. I loved writing on, reporting on, writing about sports and did a lot of sports reporting in college. Um, but the job I got out of college was news reporting and uh, that's where I've been since. So I subscribed to the Chatham News and Record when I was sitting uh, across from your dad at the Root Cellar. Uh, your dad, the publisher, Bill Horner, we were we were meeting at the Root Cellar one day and and he just whipped out his uh, laptop and put it in front of me and said, here you go, subscribe. And I have, <laughs> and I did, and I've loved, I've loved reading the paper. I love your reporting and, and the whole team, um, it, the way that it makes me feel connected to my community in a way that reading things like the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal don't. Um, and, and so I wonder if you might offer a little bit about what makes being a part of a local uh, media source, a local newspaper, what makes that so special for you? Definitely. Well, I think one of the things I've always enjoyed about working in journalism is the idea of being able to tell a story, the idea of saying, okay, this is something that's happening. How can I tell this story in a way that is compelling, interesting, factual, accurate, relevant, you know, all those, those adjectives. Um, and what makes local journalism exciting and important to me, and, and one of the reasons why I'd probably never go to a bigger paper, like even if the New York Times is like, hey, we'll give you $100,000 if you want to move up to New York and report for us. One, I don't want to live in New York City, so that's immediately a deal breaker. But number two, working in local journalism is working around people, working around the average person. And in a lot of places where there is only local journalism, people are not as informed as what's to what's going on. Um, no one else is covering Chatham County Board of Commissioners meetings unless there's something crazy and dramatic um, like the Confederate monument situation. No one else is covering Chatham County Board of Education meetings. No one else is covering um, what's going on in some of our neighborhoods um, like Briar Chapel. So, and, and if they do, it's very kind of, they parachute in, they get their story about something controversial and then they leave. What makes us different, what makes a lot of local newspapers like the News and Record different, is we are there the whole time. We're there, we're following stories that matter to people and that really affect them on a more regular, more significant basis. So I cover the county government, and one thing the county government does is use your tax dollars. If you live in Chatham County, they use your tax dollars to do stuff for you. And that's been one of the reasons that journalism has existed for the longest time is to say, hey, how is the government using tax dollars? That's something I've always felt was very important in in my reporting is, okay, how are tax dollars being used? Why are they being used that way? Who is making those decisions? Um, and that that seems so much more impactful to me than, okay, who's ahead in the polls in the presidential race? Um, I'm not saying there's not a place for that, but to me, what's more impactful on a daily basis, what means more in a person's life, and I, what I believe as as Christians, as we we as we approach living in the world, is knowing what's going on immediately around us. It is knowing what's going on in the schools. It's knowing how many kids are struggling with mental health issues. It's knowing the number of child abuse cases have been referred to the Department of Social Services. Um, to know how many 
employees, a sheriff sheriff's office needs to do its job properly. I mean, those are stuff that's stuff that I've reported on that actually affects the people living in Chatham County much more than if it's Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders that has more support in Idaho. Um, and that's an example. And again, I don't want to say that's not important or relevant, but I really believe that that kind of the, the, the on the ground, real life, real level reporting of here's what's happening with your tax money is, is so much more important um, than anything else. And that's why I love local journalism. Is it is it hard to not want to get involved with every story every need, every situation. Uh, I, I know you to be a compassionate person, Zach, and, <laughs> and, and, I'm, and I'm projecting a little bit um, here too, because my background is in journalism. And, and part of the reason that I pivoted to becoming a pastor is it was hard for me to just report and not get involved and not want to get involved. Um, and so I just, I wonder if you have had a similar experience as you have, you know, you did a great series on uh, teen mental health. You've done uh, work around um, domestic abuse and child abuse. And so I just wonder uh, about that. Yeah, it's, um, it's stupid hard. Oh my gosh. I, I can't express how difficult that can be. You know, I've, I, I could talk about the, the teen mental health series you talked about. I wrote several stories did a 10 episode podcast and I was like, man, I just want to do stuff. You know, I sit here and like, and I enjoy writing about it. I love writing. It's probably my favorite thing to do. Um, enjoy investigating and learning about these things and informing others. But there is a real, I do have a real deep desire to want to be involved. And I've kind of gotten to the point of, okay, some of this stuff, I am not going to be qualified enough to be involved in, at least not yet. Um, as a reporter. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, as as a reporter, I need to have some distance between what I'm involved in and the th what I'm what I can be involved in and the things I cover. Um, so there's times where I just say, okay, I accept that. But then you know you find opportunities. Um, so I am super passionate about trying to uh, raising awareness of domestic violence and sexual assault, and um, trying to, to to raise awareness and, and raise funds to help organizations that are doing that. Um, so I'm on the board of Haven in Lee County, which is the domestic violence agency in Lee County. I don't cover them. Um, so I'm not a conflict of interest, but it's something that I'm really passionate about. And so I get to serve in that way, um, which is really cool. And I think, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, we could talk for hours about the negative reputation of the media and how, you know, they're just looking for clicks and, you know, trying to get the scoop and get controversial. And, and there is some of that, yes, but a lot of journalists, especially at the local level, really do care about the communities they're serving because this is a public service job. Um, you know, it's not typical public service jobs you think of in the government, you know, they get paid by the taxpayer, but we're a public service in that we, our, our goal is to serve the public. I mean, just, it's that simple. It's in the name. We see the needs. We have access to people who are addressing the needs or who can talk about the needs, and we report on it. Um, and so while, yes, there are a lot of times I'd love to be more involved in things, it, this is a way to get involved um, as much as and, – and have access to things that other people don't. So we've given folks about – uh, a few minutes, and we haven't mentioned coronavirus yet. We haven't mentioned COVID nineteen yet. Uh, so hopefully, if you're listening, you that was uh, that was seven to ten minutes of 
uh, of, of coronavirus free content. And now we're going to pivot. Right. <laughs> we're going to pivot. Um, so we hope you enjoyed that. But uh, Zach, I'd love to know um, uh, in what ways the, the virus, uh, this pandemic has affected you, affected your work, affected your reporting. Um, we'll start there. And then I'd love to know uh, sort of what you are seeing and hearing throughout the community uh, as it relates. But but first, how does it how has it affected you? Definitely. So I think I'm a per it's, it's funny. I think I was having a conversation about this with you, Brent, that I'm a very anxious person. I get I get anx- anxious over a lot of things, and that's a whole other conversation for another time about mental health that I'm really passionate about. But this is something I haven't really gotten anxious about for whatever reason. Um, but I think that's probably honestly maybe a little bit of a blessing because my job has changed. My job has been, okay, how is the coronavirus, how is COVID-19 affecting everything in Chatham County? Because I don't think there's a single thing that has been, that has not been touched in some way by COVID-19. You got schools, you got the government, you've got nonprofits. I mean, every little area that I cover normally has been changed in some way by this and will probably be changed for a long time by it. Um, so really that's been a lot of what I've been doing is just writing about how things have changed, um, writing about how schools are no longer in session and teachers are learning how to teach via zoom from home, how one science teacher at Jordan Matthews had to truck home her biology lab cart so she could do experiments on her kitchen table, how Chatham County Council on Aging had to close both of their senior centers. And so now they're doing virtual exercise classes through Facebook Live, um, how social services had to set up a table outside their offices to try to take in paperwork on, you know, numerous things because, you know, they didn't want to overrun their inside offices for fear of, of the virus being spread. And that has been pretty much my life the last couple of weeks is trying to keep up with everything. Um, it is kind of a downer and it's very different. And, you know, you and I were talking before we went um, live about introvert, extrovert kind of things. I am an introvert, so I really enjoy working alone. Um, in fact, I feel like I've been more focused and more productive here at home than if I'm ever in a, an office, which is kind of weird, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really taken over everything like for everybody. And just like it's taken over pretty much everything for everybody, it's taken over my job. You mentioned a few of the the stories that have struck you. I wonder if there are others. What are you seeing? What are you hearing in the community? Um, as one who has access to uh, a number of community leaders and business owners and um, just all of the people that your reporting has has put you in contact with, what are, what are some of the the themes that you're sensing? Definitely. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of uncertainty. Things keep changing. Um, you know, obviously schools were closed for two weeks and then they've been, now they're closed for another, um, you know, month and a week at this point. Um, you know, stores have either gone to close or changed the way they've operated. So Walmart now across the country is limiting how many people can be in a store at a time. Um, if you go to food line, you see the kind of, protective shields in front of the the cash register. Um, So just really change, uncertainty, or instability is the right word, but just kind of things not being set. Um, You see frustration and you see 
things, you know, people losing jobs. I mean, we've had millions of people in this country and hundreds of thousands in North Carolina have to file for unemployment insurance because they lost their jobs through no fault of their own, really. It's just there's people not able to afford it. Um, the owner of Pittsburgh Roadhouse, I talked to him for a story a couple weeks ago, he had to lay off more than 40 people. Um, that's a restaurant that does a lot of its business through dine-in, um, dine-in service, and they have music, live music three times a week. Um, so when you have restaurants close to dine-in service, a lot of that business for that restaurant in particular is going to go away. So seeing people losing their jobs, but you're also seeing really awesome things happening. You're seeing Central Carolina Community College, uh, which is based in Sanford, but has campuses in Chatham County, um, donating medical supplies and food to hospitals. You see uh, Town Hall Burger and Beer, which has a location in Briar Chapel, um, donating meals to um, hospitals at UNC. Um, you see nonprofits like Communities and Schools in Chatham County and Cora Food Pantry um, step up and really continue to do what they've always been doing. But in a time like this, it's so much more, it, it seems so much more impactful because that's where we're looking. Um, and so I think that's been, it's been really cool to see the positive things and see, you know, where steps are, are being made, but it also shows weaknesses in the system that have always been there, but, you know, we, we haven't really paid as much attention, um, to it. So one thing for instance is internet service in Chatham County. Um, there is a large percentage and I'm, pulling up exactly the percentage. Um, there was a Chatham County community assessment, which is a, a, a big study they do every four years with the health department. Um, according to the 2018 Chatham County community assessment, less than 60% of Chatham residents reported having good quality internet. Um, and that's 44% of residents in Western Chatham and two thirds in the Eastern part of Chatham. And so that wow. is a huge issue when it comes to schools and kids now having to learn remotely. Um, and if they either don't have a device by which to receive their schooling or don't have good internet through which they can get their, their education at that time, it's going to cause inequality all over the place. Um, and it's really interesting. Um, the county manager made a statement at a, at a meeting. This was February 28th, I think a couple of weeks before they announced schools closing for a while. And he said that talking about the lack of broadband access across the county, he said, quote, it's extremely valuable to our students. Their homework is increasingly online. This is really a needed utility throughout the state. Um, he said this weeks before you know, coronavirus closed down the schools. This is something that has been an issue for a long time, but it takes times of crisis like this to show what the real issues are. Um, really revealing the cracks in the system. Definitely, definitely. And I think, you know, we've seen that with um, obviously reports of, of shortages of, of PPE across the country and, you know, not being enough tests and, and the numbers of, of those testing positive go up by the day. But um, so it's been really interesting how, you know, I think any crisis does this. It shows the good in people, but it also shows the cracks in the system. Where have you seen hope? Where have you seen the presence of God in the midst of your reporting, uh, in the midst of these challenging times here in Chatham County? Or just in your own personal life, Zach? Yeah, I think if you if you bring up, you know, God and, and faith and religion around reporting, it's usually kind of this observation from the outside. Um, and this is in my 
the tradition I grew up, the faith tradition I grew up in, very kind of conservative evangelical, the media was not trusted a lot um, and still isn't trusted a lot. Um, but really the greatest connection that Christianity has and that the gospel has with journalism is this is seeking truth, is seeking reality, is seeking to accurately report what's happening and what is what people need. Um, and I think one thing that's been really cool is seeing that people are responding to those needs when people see the truth, when people see what's actually going on and they're saying, okay, I'm going to step up to this. I'm going to step up and try to make a difference. Um, there's a, a Facebook group that got started um, within the last, oh gosh, within the last couple of weeks, you know, really since the whole coronavirus stuff started. Um, I cannot, it's, cannot remember the name off the top of my head. Is it Caremongering Pittsburgh? Yeah. That one? It's Caremongering, it's, it's Caremongering Pittsburgh, Chatham Caremongering, but yeah, it's the Caremongering one. I couldn't remember exactly what it was called. But yeah, so you see Facebook groups like this where people are saying, okay, these are the needs. This is how I accept, or we're just sharing something encouraging. You're sharing some kind of, of positive message. Um, and I think one thing I've really enjoyed in listening to the With series so far, um, both with the the professor and, and doctor from UNC, and um, man, you know what? And I had the the, the lady's name before Tracy. Uh, Tracy. Tracy That's Wilson. It. Tracy Wilson. Yeah, of about being grateful, about finding the positives where you are. That's been so cool to see. You see a lot of Chatham people say, "Okay, let's find the positives." Um, let's find the positives. It's in such contrast to a year ago when I felt so discouraged about Chatham with the Confederate monument situation. Um, I was at pretty much all of those county commissioner meetings where people were yelling and making accusations and name calling and saying horrible things about other people. And I was like, this, this county is, is messed. It's screwed up. You know, there, and I mean, obviously that's the human condition and we're all screwed up to some degree, but it's been so cool to see a 180 of, yeah, there's still a couple people, you know, outliers on social media who are ne being negative Nancy's and, and saying, well, what's not, what about this? And what about this? But for the most part, people are trying to be positive and trying to encourage one another and lift one another up. Um, and that's been, been really cool. Um, yeah. And when we, when we bring our attention to the present, um, rather than looking ahead, um, rather than dwelling on the past, but, but the present really reveals to us what we have, right? We're, we're much more able to, to see, uh, the blessing that is around us, that is right in front of us, when we can, when we can bring our attention to the present. That's a, that's a mindfulness trick, right? That's yeah. something that if you practice meditation, they say all the time, just, you know, bring it back to the present, bring it back to the now. <laughs> and I think that's something that journalism is inherently poised to do is to say, this is what's going on in the present right now. Um, and that's, that's, that's why I do what I do. Is this my job to say what is going on in the present and how is that affecting the present? How is it affecting the future? Um, and to make people aware of that so that they can make decisions. Um, there's a show I love. It's, it was on HBO. I'm pretty sure it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's called The Newsroom. Um, and it's about a TV broadcast, fictional TV broadcast station. Um, and there's a host and reporters and producers. And they have to, they, they've, been kind of a surface level, not taking any risks, you know, don't rock the boat show. And this new executive producer comes in and says, we're going to retool the show. We're going to refocus and we're going to say what matters most to Americans 
when they enter the voting booth. Now their show covered a lot of like national politics and stuff like that, but it really kind of challenged me to say, okay, when I'm reporting, what is going to matter to people the most on a daily basis? What is going to matter most to a people when they take their kids to school, when they're driving on the road to pick up groceries, when they pay their tax bill. Um, and I think in a time like this, reporting on those things remains the same, but it's a different angle. How are the schools dealing with not having kids in the classrooms? What is their grading policy going to be? Um, you know, how are people who are normally fed through schools, how are they being fed? Um, and it's those real practical things that, you know, I feel like I'm making a huge like, hey, journalism is awesome pitch, but I, I guess I am. That's, I really believe that. And I really believe that um, I've been great. I'm grateful and, and blessed to see the front lines of, of people making a difference in the community right now. And it's, it's there. If you look for it, it's there. Um, sometimes you do have to kind of, like you were talking about, live in the present um, and just open your eyes to what's right in front of you and see people really making a difference. That's enough to give any of us some hope, Zach. So I thank you for that um, here in this in this strange time. I wonder if you would have just a couple more minutes um, for some lightning round questions. Go for it. Let's hear All it. All right. You ready? You ready? I'm ready. Um, what household appliance do you most feel like today? What household appliance? I feel like my sofa. Today's been a really slow day. So I feel very much like the sofa that I know it's not really an appliance, but I'm, I'm not working as hard as any of my appliances right now. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah. Today's been a slow day. So I feel like the sofa. All right. If you could only use three condiments for the rest of your life, what would they be? Chipotle Southwest sauce from Subway. I don't know why, but it's really good on the, the cheese steak and cheese sandwich. It uh, is really good. Yes. Uh, yeah. uh, yes. And ranch and honey mustard. You lost me at ranch, but uh, nobody's perfect. Mm. What's the last best book you read? The last best book I read, okay, it was called Beads. Uh, by this, this, uh, her name is Rachel Brooks. She is from, I believe she's from Chapel Hill. She's either Chapel Hill or Rye, from Chapel Hill. And she wrote about experiencing a rape. Um, back to on the, the subject of domestic violence um, and sexual assault, she was in D.C. and working a job, and she experienced a, a rape, and she talked about going through that experience, going through the criminal justice system. Um, and as um, and this is not lightning round anymore, but as as a man, especially a a white privileged male, you don't men are are sub are victims of domestic violence, sexual assault, but it's it's hard for us to get a grasp on what that's like for someone unless you read those stories. Um, unless you see what's really, what really happens in that time. And it really grew my appreciation for, um, for survivors, for the, the work that I get to do with Haven. Um, it's pretty intense, um, but it was really, really good. Um, and she's still in the area, still lives in the triangle. Wow. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Definitely. Uh, for folks. Um, you said what the name of it one more time? It's called Beads, B-E-A-D-S. Beads. All right. Two more questions. First, if you could live in the setting of any book or movie without necessarily being involved in the plot, what would it be? Wow. I'm no good at lightning round. I probably should have told you that at the beginning. I always have these, like, like I just had these long thought out answers. Um, man, I would love, and this is maybe a little off the long question. I would love to sit with Brennan Manning, who's, who passed away a few years ago. 
while he was one on one of his spiritual retreats where he, he, if you read any of his books, you'll you'll see it where he just communed with God and he was able to work through how God felt about him, uh, how he felt about God. And another another recommendation for a book uh, It's called Abba's Child by Brennan Manning. And it really helped me feel real honestly just helped me feel good about myself growing up feeling very um self-conscious and self um critical really knowing that you are loved by god and that is your your natural state your reality is that you are loved by god um, and nothing can take that away from you and so i would love to sit in conversation with him and just talk and just hear from his experience and his wisdom um and i know that's not necessarily like a fictional book environment, but just being with someone. Oh, that's great! Like that, and he wrote uh, the Ragamuffin Gospel. He did. Too. Is that right? He did. My okay. wife is reading yeah. that right now, and she read me oh, nice. uh, a quote from that today that I I had read. I'd, I've read it before, and um, it's just yeah, I wow, read it a long time ago. Such a good book. So good. It's just I just he's one of those people that I wish I you know you have that list of people that you could have dinner with like of all time. He's he's one of those people. I love it. Last question. Uh, what is God teaching you right now? Who do we have time for that? <laughs> no, it's not a great, it's not a great light. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, in uh, 30 seconds or less. How about in 30 that? 30 seconds or less. <laughs> Can you 10 minutes or less maybe? Um, hey, I love that show. That's right. Yeah. I got to call that out. Um, God is teaching me to rest. Um, I had a, my word of, I'm trying to do words of the year. And last year, my word of the year was commitment. And this year, it's to hang loose, which seems kind of like I'm a surfer in California, but... You know, that's two words, right? Yeah. We'll just squish them together, whatever. Was it hyphenated? Yeah. Yeah. Hyphenated. There we go. Um, (laughs) To hang loose, just to be like, just to rest in reality. I think for a long time in my spiritual life, I was trying so hard to do something else or to get better. And kind of going along with what Brennan Manning is, what I was talking about with Brennan Manning, just to to rest and be where you are and know that you are loved and know that you are enough and that you know God will work through you. That that's just that's just going to happen. If you are his, he is going to work through you and in you and just be there and accept it and receive it and receive that love and, and live in it and don't you know worry yourself to death about whether or not you're doing enough. Um, and that's something I'm continually trying to learn and really focus on this year. There's moments where I, I kind of lose track of that. I'm like, okay, well, am I doing this enough? Am I doing this? Like, you know, not that spiritual disciplines or, or reading your scripture or praying, all that is bad, but living more accepting of that love instead of I need to go earn it. Yeah. And experiencing it right now, yeah. right? Not as something that we need to earn or work for, but, uh, but as Richard Rohr would say, you already are. You already are loved. There's no earning it. That's right. You already are. Just, just, so, uh, oh man, it. we could unpack, we could, we could unpack that. We could unpack that for hours, man. You, but you told me 25, 30 minutes and we're already creeping over we're that. 30. So, <laughs> uh, Hey, well, Zach, where can we find you? What do you want to plug? Definitely. Yeah. So go to chathamnewsrecord.com and you can subscribe right now. There's a little link at the top of the page that'll take you right now. Uh, under this. Do we get commission for every uh, s- subscription that comes through the local church? I might, but if I get a, a piece, I'll, I'll give you a little piece. I'll give you a little piece. <laughs> um, but right All now, right. right now, you get a three month discounted subscription online. 
for $9.95, which is better than any subscription rate you'll get anywhere else. All of our online content uh, for That's $9.95. Better than I got. Well, I mean, you could quit and then get a new subscription if you want to pay for it but um no i like supporting local journalism well we appreciate it we appreciate it and then uh we're on facebook and twitter chatham and r um and then if you really want to give me a follow on twitter i promised myself i would never be this person but you don't get this opportunity that often uh zach horner cnr tens of listeners will uh, will follow you yeah zach horner cnr z-a-c-h-h-o-r-n-e-r-c-n-r on the twitter All right. Well, thanks so much, Zach, for uh, joining us and making time today. And uh, we'll catch you soon. All right. Sounds great. Thank you, Brent. All right. I want to, again, thank Zach for being on our show. We've included links in the show notes to his Twitter account if you want to stay connected with him and to the Chatham News and Record if you'd like to subscribe and support the vital work of local journalism. A little bit about the local church. We are a bold, inclusive new faith community based in beautiful Chatham County, North Carolina, and we are committed to being with and for one another, our community and the world. The local church is a new expression of Christ United Methodist Church, which is in Chapel Hill. You can support the local church and this podcast and our movement in a number of ways. First, Ratings and reviews wherever you're listening right now help others find the podcast too. Great way to show your support. It'd be amazing. Uh, Also, if you'd share it on social media, wherever you do that, it's a good way to tell others that you have found something meaningful here. And we hope that's true. If you're feeling especially generous, you can also make a donation to help offset the cost of this production and invest in the greater work that God's doing through the local church. You can do that online. Just visit thelocalchurchpbo.org and select give. We'll put a link in the show notes, and we'll put my email address there, too, if you want to connect with me to learn more about what God's up to through the local church. Thanks, as always, for listening, friends. Remember, God is with you. We are, too. You are not alone. And love where you are.